Welcome back to another episode of Financial Freedom 101. I'm your host, Robert, and this is Episode 9. Today's episode is about a subject that everybody needs to understand if they hope to become financially free one day, assets and liabilities. The reason we need to understand the difference between an asset and liability is because we need to create a solid foundation on which to start our financial freedom journey. And assets and liabilities form the core of understanding financial health. Not only do we need to understand the difference between the two, but we also need to understand the different types of asset and liabilities that are out there. Let's first take a look at the definitions. Most people are probably saying that they know the difference between an asset and a liability and do not need to be taught it. But do they really understand what they are? There are a number of different definitions out there, and although all of them are correct, the trick is understanding the differences in the definition. The main difference between the definitions is actually the perspective or the mindset of the individual giving it to you. But what do I mean by this? For most, if you were to ask them to give the definition of an asset and liability, they would probably give you the textbook definition. By definition, an asset is a resource with economic value that an individual owns or controls with the expectation that it will provide a future benefit. On the other hand, a liability is something that a person owes to somebody else and is settled through the transfer of some form of an economic benefit, such as money. In simple terms, most people would tell you that an asset is anything they own that has value and can be sold while liability is something they owe to somebody else. This definition is a perfectly legitimate definition of an asset and liability, but I would submit to you that it is a definition based on the perspective of the poor. When I say this, I do not necessarily mean poor in terms of financial status, as there are plenty of highly paid and well-off individuals that will give you the same definition. What I'm talking about is poor in terms of financial literacy, or more specifically, those with an employee mindset, those on the left side of the financial quadrants that trade their time for money. For the vast majority of us, we have grown up being told that success or being rich is all about your net worth. What you own versus what you owe, or in other words, your assets versus your liabilities. It is for this reason that I say that the aforementioned definition of assets and liabilities comes from the mindset of the poor or the employee. To calculate one's net worth, you are told to add up all your assets, everything that you own that can be sold, and subtract it from your liabilities or your debt. For this, people look at things like their houses, their cars, their TVs, their stereo systems, computers, and more. Anything that can be sold for cash. To them, these are all assets as they possess some sort of economic value and can be sold for cash. What's more is, they actually use this definition to justify the items that they purchase. When they get a bonus, instead of putting the money into savings, stocks, or other investments, they buy motorcycles, 80-inch TVs, the newest Apple product, or any other type of consumer goods they want. As they can turn around and sell these items for cash later, they consider them assets based on the definition. Here's the worst part. Most people do not account for the fact that most of these assets will actually lose substantial value the moment you open the box or for vehicles, 
drive them off the lot. Therefore, when they use these so-called assets to calculate their net worth, they're using inflated prices and not what the item is actually worth, thereby artificially inflating their net worth. Now that we've taken a look at the poor or the employee's definitions, let's take a look at the definitions used by the rich or the business owners, those on the right side of the cash flow quadrant, those that have their money work for them. For these individuals, their definition of an asset is anything that will put money into your pocket on a regular basis, while a liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket on a regular basis. To take this one step further, if the asset is unable to make them more money than what they have to spend on the item, then they will likely deem that item as a liability. For this reason, unlike the poor, they do not see their house or their car as being an asset. In fact, they actually see these as being liabilities and some of the most expensive liabilities they will ever own. Their house and their car are taking money out of their pocket on a regular basis while putting nothing into it. Money is constantly going out in terms of insurance, loan repayments, maintenance, and more, but nothing is coming in. Even if they were to sell them, they will most likely never make enough to cover all the money that they had to spend over the years just to own them. For these individuals, an asset is something like stocks, unit trust, rental property, machinery that is used to make a product that can be sold, or anything of a similar fashion. While there is an initial cost for each of these items, they are actually used to make money. And therefore, these items actually put money into their pockets on a regular basis. As an example, we own several rental properties in the UK. And while we have to spend money each month for management fees, mortgages, maintenance, taxes, and more, the rental income far exceeds these costs. Not only does our rental income cover our monthly expenses, but we are actually making hundreds of pounds per property per month in pure profit. The same thing is true for our stocks and unit trust investments. Most of these investments are dividend-paying investments, meaning they not only are making us money on the investment itself, but the company is actually paying us on a regular basis simply for owning their stocks, meaning we are actually getting paid twice if you think about it. When it comes down to it, those on the left side of the cash flow quadrant buy so-called assets that only have an economic benefit if they are sold, while those on the right side of the cash flow quadrant buy assets that actually add to their financial status. Now that we have looked at how the definition of assets differ depending on the mindset, let's take a look at the difference in the definition for liabilities. While the definition of a liability for both the rich and the poor very similar, the poor sees all debt as being equal, while the rich understands that there is a difference and you can own both good debt and bad debt. If you're asking yourself right now, what do I mean by good debt versus bad debt? There's a good chance that you are looking at things from the perspective of the left side of the cash flow quadrant. The good news is changing your perspective is easily done and can be accomplished through education. The main difference between good debt and bad debt is what the debt is used for. Good debt is debt taken out to help purchase items that have the potential of increasing your net worth, while bad debt 
is taken out to help pay for consumable items. On the previous podcast, we spoke about using other people's money or taking out a mortgage to help buy rental property. The poor or the employee will see these as being no different than the mortgage taken out to pay for your own home. But this is actually good debt. Instead of tying up all of our money in one property, I have the bank paying for 75% of that property while I'm collecting rental income that not only covers my mortgage payment, but actually provides me positive cash flow each month. As such, I'm using this debt to increase my net worth. Understanding the difference between good debt and bad debt does take some practice and can be very confusing at times. The trick to distinguishing between the two is to become financially literate and take a real honest look at the debt before incurring it. For instance, taking out a debt to pay for education can be good or bad, depending on what type of education you are getting and whether or not you are actually using it. Are you taking a loan to pay for an art class because you want to learn how to paint? Or are you taking a loan to pay for a course in property investment to help you become financially free? Both of these could be examples of good debt depending on how the education is used. Do you actually paint in your free time as a stress reliever or to relax? What about using it to make a little extra cash on the side or help you be more productive at work? Are you actually using your property investment training to become financially free or make extra cash? If the answer is yes, then I would submit these are both good debts. However, if the answer is no, then it could be bad debt. As a real-world example, we spent a lot of money on our property training. Although I think we overpaid, we have been able to take this knowledge and advance our financial status, making more than enough to recover the funds we spent on the training. As such, the debt we incurred for this training was good debt. In the same instance, however, we know a number of individuals that took the same training we did, but never did anything with it. Their debt was bad debt. The last thing that you need to understand is that just like there are differences in liabilities, there's also differences in asset categories. The rich understand each type of asset and how to properly use them to support and improve their financial status. The two most common type of asset categories that you need to be concerned with are current and fixed assets. In simple terms, current assets are short-term assets that are easily converted to cash, such as stocks, unit trusts, banks, accounts, and the likes. These are assets that if you need money now, you can quickly convert these assets to cash and pay any liabilities that may come up. Fixed assets, on the other hand, are long-term assets that are harder to convert to cash. While they may have value to them, it normally takes a lot of work and or time to sell them. These are things like property, machinery, vehicles, and the like. The reason you need to understand the differences and why you need to change your mindset to begin looking at assets in these two categories is because this can have a substantial effect on your overall financial status. Let's take a look at the net worth example again. As previously discussed, your net worth is equal to your assets minus your liabilities. But what happens if all or most of your assets are fixed assets? For the vast majority of us, when we calculate our net worth, 
We are looking at things like our houses, our cars, and our furniture as our primary assets and the things that make up 90% of our net worth. While this adds a lot of value to our net worth, these items also tend to have some form of liability on them, which ultimately subtracts from our financial status. Now, what happens if you miss a loan payment? What happens if your interest rates on the loan changes, assuming you don't have a fixed rate loan? What happens if an unexpected expense occurs like a major home repair or hospitalization? If you fail to have a good balance between current and fixed assets, you could quickly see your net worth diminish. If all of your net worth is tied up in fixed assets, in order to get the cash to pay for these unexpected expenses, you will need to do a quick sale of an asset in order to get the money now. This quick sale normally results in selling the item for much less than what it is worth, and, in some cases, less than what you owe on it. However, if you had a portion of your net worth tied up in stocks, unit trusts, cash deposits, and the like, you could quickly and easily convert these assets at market rate and take care of the expense without jeopardizing your fixed assets. There's no specific percentage of your net worth that should be held as a current asset or fixed asset, as this is a personal decision and is different for everybody. However, by understanding the types of assets out there and changing your mindset on how you evaluate things, you can then begin to determine what the best split for you is. Mindset is everything when it comes to becoming financially free. While you can have a high-paying job, you can still have a poor mindset. I know plenty of people making six figures a year that still live paycheck to paycheck, while at the same time, I know individuals making $50,000 a year with significant funds in their bank accounts. It's all about the way you see and think about money. Really understanding the difference between how the poor and the rich see and treat assets and liabilities can have a dramatic effect on your financial status. Are you interested in learning more on the subject? Do you understand the difference but don't know where to start? If so, Visit our website and drop us a note. We're here to help and want to become part of your team. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. Join us next week as we give you even more tips and information to help you along your journey towards financial freedom. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next time and have a great week ahead.